25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey. Let's go. Hour number two of the show, off and running. I'm Matt, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Home team. Most of them, homegrown. <laughs> that's right. Like if you were listening yesterday. Um, They're not out of sales, a little small. Yeah, the, that's right, Roger. Homegrown. <laughs> your local Farm Bureau agent is homegrown. Not uh, taken from a cell and put in a petri dish, and then a glo- then a glob became slime, and then slime became something. I no, no, they're the they're the genuine article. Um, like if you yesterday if you were listening, I introduced you to a man, Bob Atkins, who runs the. Um, I say runs it. He's managing the team of agents there in Madison County for Farm Bureau. Got to talk with him a little bit. We were right there at Divinity Equipment for Kubota Field event, which is continuing today at Divinity in Jackson. It's over there in Raymond, 1023 Divinity Drive, Raymond, Mississippi, the actual address. Put that in your GPS and head on over there. Real quick, here's why you need to do that, okay? Here's why you need to do it. The Divinity, uh, the Kubota Field event at Divinity. Big-time deals, offers, financing, I told you about a lot of that, and door prizes. Go in and tell them I sent you, and you're going to get a free door prize. Beyond the hat, the koozie that they'll give you, and registering to win the Orca Cooler, just drop your name in. They're going to draw it on Monday. Just take out your phone and register to win that Kubota 850 Sidekick ATV that'll go 40-plus miles an hour. You're also going to get a special door prize just for going in and telling them I sent you. My name's Matt. This is the Matt Wyatt Show. <laughs> Go tell them. All right. Special door prize. Again, today on Friday, all day at Divinity Equipment. Right there at 1023 Divinity Drive, Raymond, Mississippi. Zero-turn mower starting at $69 a month. L-Series tractors starting at $139 a month. <clears throat> 0% for 60 months, 0.9% for 72, and 1.9% for 84 months. You just can't beat it with a stick, I'm telling you that. Construction equipment, excavators, skid steers, full-line construction dealer. That's Divini. They have the number one selling excavator in the U.S. That's Kubota. It is powered by the number one selling diesel engine in the world. And also on those excavators, skid steers, construction equipment, 0% APR, 60 months. Telling you, 
If you're it, we're ever going to consider buying, it's now. You got to go today. The field event going on, Davini and Jackson today. Look them up, DaviniEquipment.com or go by. 1023 Davini Drive, Raymond. I mentioned the utility vehicle. Yes, you walk in. There's a banner right by the front door. It's got a code on it. You take out your phone and you text the word Kubota to that code. Once you've done it, click, click, click. You're entered to win it, and you could win the whole shooting match. Well, what if you don't win it? Well, they can sell you one. 48 horsepower, runs over 40 miles an hour. Payment starting at $199 a month. You can get 2.9% at 72 months on that 850 sidekick. It's the number one selling diesel utility vehicle in the U.S. Diesel, number one selling for 10 years straight. Divinity Field event, tell them I sent you and go home with swag. Stuff we all get. (laughs) I didn't make that up. I saw it on The Office. Michael Scott said it. In a minute, I'm going to talk with David Murray about something I'm very curious about and have always been curious about, and it's why in the world are most college baseball players not on full scholarship? Why why are a lot of them not even on any scholarship athletically? We'll get David on the phone. First, though, uh, a Masters update, Bryson DeChambeau birdied the par 5 number 2 to go to 7 under, and he's been parring everything since. He's out there on number six right now at seven under, leading the tournament by one stroke over Phil Mickelson, who birdied number two, the par five as well. They're taking advantage of that hole today in the pin location. They're swinging around behind the bunker. And Mickelson is one shot back. Bruce Kepka, who began the day with a birdie out to seven under, then parred the par five number two, then double bogeyed number three, the par four, and he's fallen back to six under, so he's a shot off. Poulter coming up. Woods ain't on the course yet. I'll tell you about him when he gets out there. But right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, is my man David Murray. He is Dogs Bite Mag on Twitter. Give him a follow if you don't, covering Mississippi State for a long, long time. He's now um, a part of the 24-7 network with Gene's page. David, howdy to you. Happy Super Bulldog weekend. I mean, it sort of officially is Super Bulldog weekend now on a Friday, isn't it? It is upon us with the baseball moved up to 6 o'clock, and uh, all of us have all have turned into weather experts. Of course, most baseball fans do anyway this time of year. Yeah, there's a fighting chance to get this one done, as long as there's not 15 pitching changes and a lot of timeouts and you know, 11 runs by both teams. Mm-hmm. But then again, these state Alabama series have a mind and a life of their own, so they yeah. very rarely run to what you would think the Tech would be. So I expect a very interesting series if, if you get it played, and Lord knows Mississippi State wants to get this played because here's a chance to make up some ground and get back into the uh, SEC championship contention. You know, David, earlier I was talking about that. I said, you know, they moved it up to six. and They'll get the game in by 9 or 10 o'clock. And I said, well, somewhere Bart Gregory is cussing at me because (laughs) we all – cursed it. Thank you, Mutt. (laughs) (laughs) Because we remember, what was it, two years ago that Alabama and State played some weird game that went to like 1 in the morning? I think it was oh, two yeah. years ago. And uh, it's, what was it, several years ago? I still remember um, State had a much better team. Alabama came in and they put a guy up who didn't have a hit all year, I believe. And from, from the old press box, this is no lie. I saw a lightning flash off in the distance and I'm going, oh, great. Sure <laughs> enough, 
the guy hits the home run, you know, <laughs> Wonder Boy moment there. Yeah. <laughs> and State ends up losing the game. So you never take these State Alabama series for granted for whatever bizarre reason. It's one of the more entertaining series, but it's one Mississippi State's got to really cash in. And, again, uh, Alabama, they're a good competitive team, but they're scrambling right now. If uh, Hoover was set today, they'd be in the 12th and final spot. Mm. Whereas Mississippi State is at the other end of the spectrum playing thinking championship, but more so is trying to stay in that uh, – Top 16, RPI, strength of schedule, all that. They're already thinking of hosting regional, and you've got to keep winning to put yourself in solid position for that. That's right. David Murray on your radio uh, right now. We're talking baseball, looking ahead to Super Bulldog weekend. But David, I wanted to catch up with you. I, I, over the last couple of days, this issue with um, you know the conferences out there are voting on whether or not baseball across the board could be a sport that would add a third official assistant coach as opposed to having to figure out a way to pay them as volunteers, you know, type of thing. And it, right. and, and what it did is it led into the bigger conversation of just people going, there are issues in college baseball, some, you know, inequity compared to other sports. And it always seems to come back to this 11.7 scholarships. So I want to throw a very basic question at you. And let's just see where we go with it. The, the, the most basic question would be, why is college baseball only allowed to give out 11.7 scholarships on their baseball team total, however they split it up, when they got a team that's going to have 25 or 30 players? Why, why is that? Well, I've said before that, uh, and, you know, nerd warning here, <laughs> that college baseball scholarships are a topic that would make Schrodinger's cat want to kill himself. Okay, <laughs> all of you have no clue what I just mentioned. Look it up. <laughs> You'll think get a clue there. Um, okay, first off, why 11.7? This goes back to the 1970s when I was still in college. Thank you. And it was um, when, this, when football was cut back from 120 scholarships. Remember, it used to be 120 players could be on scholarship. They cut it back to 100, but then they had to cut it back again to 85 once Title IX came into effect. So even though it wasn't exactly a 10% cut, they wanted other sports to do that. Once upon a time, baseball could give up to 13 scholarships. They had to take a 10% cut along with most sports, men's sports, 1.3 from 13. There's your magic 11.7. That's where that mystical figure came on. Now, here's what a lot of fans, especially down here, don't understand and can't conceive of. There's a whole lot of schools out there that don't give out the full number of scholarships, particularly in the Northeast. I remember when Yale made a, a regional here in Starville. They were giving out five scholarships total for their team, and they didn't care. They had a good team, but it just didn't. they didn't want to invest in baseball. So when people look at college baseball and the fanaticism here, they tend to forget it's still very much a sunbelt, and even within the sunbelt, kind of a niche localized sport that doesn't have the support. There's a whole lot of places that don't want to pay three assistants for baseball. And think of it this way, Matt. Schools in the Southeast, the ACC, the Big 12, and others that do want to invent, well, Big 12, not necessarily now, mm. and frankly, to get to verge off the rabbit trail, I, th- I tend to think the Big 12 would be wiser spending all that money they are saving on a baseball coach to hire double defensive coordinators for their <laughs> football teams the way they play. A uh, little slap shot in there. But... A lot of them don't want to spend the money on coaching staff. Well, the teams that do, the programs do, 
kind of get an advantage by having full-time coaches, don't you think? Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't rush to have a bunch of college programs adding that assistant. But fairness, you know, taking into account, yes, they should because the players deserve it. And it brings more players into college ball because they get better coaching, more consistent, and it gives them more incentive to pass up on, say, a mid-round draft call, go to college, at least get towards a degree, get better training, grow up mature, then take your shot at Major League Baseball. Yeah. David, so 11.7 scholarships, it goes back to a Title IX decision in the 70s when football had to cut way back. Every other sport got to do the same thing. We're going to cut back by a certain percentage. All right, so that's why it's where it is. In 2019, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, South Carolina, you know, Vandy, Florida. I know some teams are different. They, You know, LSU, Vandy's of the world got this weird – Lottery thing going on. We're not even touching that today because we're yeah. already Van- Vanderbilt up. is an entirely different animal, and they everything they do is legal, but they sure game the system. You could say using their unique situation mm-hmm. to put a whole lot of guys who would not qualify for school there normally to get in on a needs based scholarship and get a full ride and chance to great education, play for a great program. More power to them, but yeah. because they're private, they can do that. The rest of us can't. I, I also want to jump in and say that you know, Ron Polk's lifetime crusade against this inequity of scholarships, yes, it still has some point, but it's not nearly the factor it was 10 years ago. When the rules were revised that now everybody on your roster must have at least 25% of an athletic scholarship, which is what that 11.7 are, not a school scholarship, an athletic scholarship, it kind of served to somewhat even up the playing ground between the Georgias, the LSUs, the schools that have lottery-based scholarships, so now Mississippi and Alabama, the two SEC states that don't have lottery-based scholarships, aren't so far behind. And as you can see, if you got good coaching, you get good players and develop them, you can win championships despite that minor setback. What you don't have is the margin of depth that mm-hmm. the LSUs of the world will always have because they can use their scholarships in different ways. Sure. Can use it in different ways. David Murray on your radio. Follow him on Twitter at DogsBiteMag. But the result also, am I right in this, David, is that many of the college baseball players on these even SEC teams, you know, maybe they have a portion, maybe they're at school on a portion of athletic scholarship, but many of them are also on some form of academic scholarship. Not all, but many. Absolutely. And that's been available for many, many years, even when Ron was at the height of his crusade. He tended not to want to talk about that subject. And and here's the thing. I know this is a dangerous thing to say in our politically correct climate out there, but because of the nature of the types of student-athletes who tend to play baseball, particularly the high school levels and others, and just read into that what you want, you generally tend to get a level of, of athlete and player who are more academically qualified to get the school's academic aid Uh, beyond having to take out loans and things like that. Mm. So they can flesh it out with athletic academic aid, too, perfectly legal, as long as they maintain, obviously, the ground rules. And it has to be scholarships that are available to the general student population. That's another thing I've heard fans over the years say. They talk about, you know, say, the lucky day that Ole Miss was able to tap into for years and still can. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. 
but still it has to be something that is available to anybody who's a non-athlete, to the band student, to the chemical engineering major. So it's not just something a school can sit there and say, okay, we're going to set aside an extra amount of money that's only for athletes and particularly baseball players. And as any fan out there should know, none of this applies to football and basketball because those are full scholarship sports only or else you're to walk on. So, yes, baseball players for years have been able to add that and make the cut. At the same time, it's still, to some degree, not nearly like it was 15, 20 years ago, but it still can be a choice when mom and dad have to sit there and think about writing out that tuition check when they can pay, say, two-thirds of the scholarship at Mississippi State or get much more scholarship at an LSU or a Florida because of their lottery aid. It's still a decision they have to make. It's just not as tough a decision as it once was. Sure. Well, and, you know, David, as we talk about it, again, you know, you mentioned political correctness and, you know, in the in the effort to really just kind of be fully transparent in the conversation, you know, we have a situation where in college baseball, um, you've got all these players that they're – if you're not – you know, this super highly touted prospect, you know, a first-round draft pick who just wants to go to college, which more of them want to do that. A lot of these players, this is their option, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Their option is, okay, I'm a good baseball player and I've got scholarship offers to the SEC and this school's offering me a quarter of a scholarship or this school's offering me this portion of a scholarship. So if I want to go, I can accept that and either A, find some academic scholarship, and hopefully I've got the grades to to qualify for that, or B, just pay my way the rest of it. I mean, is that... Yeah, take out loans and fill it in yourself. You can do that if you... And, you know, players who feel really, really confident about their long-term financial prospects as a minor league and a major league player, you know, that's a reasonable gamble. But, of course, you know, things happen... Things you know, guys get hurt or it doesn't pan out, and they're not the player they think they are. So there's always going to be that challenge of the pros coming in saying, here's this check right now, and dazzling the eyes, not thinking about the fact that you've got to make that money last a long time because what you're getting paid in the minor leagues is pennies. Mm-hmm. But I, And this is something colleges have been much, much better at. And frankly, I'm going to say this too. Uh, a lot of scouts that we talk to occasionally, they come through the college ranks themselves. It's not like the old days where major leagues sat there and just scorned yeah. college baseball, college coaching. Some of it with very good reason. But now the guys who are scouting more and more of them have been to the college ranks themselves, played college ball, know the advantages of, A, being allowed to grow up in a college atmosphere for a couple of years. Second, they get the training. They get the diet, the health care. Their bodies are better prepared for the grind that they're not jumping in there as a 17-year-old. They're going in as a 20-21-year-old who are in much better physical and emotional situation to handle the challenges of minor league baseball and the grind. So it's getting better, and it certainly has gotten better, most of all, with the pitchers. You see more and more and more pitchers turning down the pro money, unless they're a first, second draft choice, to go to the college ranks, and college baseball is the better for it. Yeah. Well, and and again, I, I think, David, you know, part of the story – is also that it, the situation, for, for whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, the situation as it is, there's no wonder that it lends to more athletes, kids, high school kids, 
but just people, you know, growing up, more people from low income, lower socioeconomic backgrounds tend to lean towards football and basketball because, it, you know, at least in terms it's a of faster make, ticket to the pros. Yeah, a faster ticket to the pros and a faster ticket to getting your entire college education paid for as opposed to Absolutely. baseball. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, baseball will always have that, um, you know, democratic strike, demographic strike against it in that regard. But I'll say this too, that college coaches here in the Southeast, you know, here at Mississippi State, you know, Mike Bianco at Ole Miss, um, Maneri at LSU, all these coaches do such a good job with their staff of presenting even to these kids who maybe are borderline financially for being able to make that commitment to college, giving them good reasons to go to college as well. Like I said, all the reasons to mature, grow up, get exposed to a lifestyle that they're not used to where they're from in most situations. That's not a knock. That's just the reality uh-huh. of it. And again, the college scouts, the, the pro scouts who have been to college, they increasingly don't want to invest big money in a guy that is probably not really ready emotionally, mentally, for what minor league baseball is going to do to them. Yeah. And and there's not a lot of 17, 18-year-old boys out there. Let's be blunt, Matt. I mean, you went through the student-athlete drill. You didn't have the pro option straight out of high school, but I'm sure you knew guys in other sports who did. Mm-hmm. You know, how would a young Matt Wyatt have done all of a sudden thrown on a bus and traveling with a bunch of 25-year-olds all the yeah, time? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> it would have been fun to watch, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have great stories to tell now, but I'd have been terrified then. There's just no doubt about it. Hey, David, I'm out of time, man. Thank you, as always. I'll see you this weekend. Matt, I'll be seeing you at the ballpark tonight. Yep, see you there. Thank you. That's David Murray, Dogs Bite Mag on Twitter. Y'all give him a follow. Roll it along. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Enjoyed the conversation. I did. I hope you did, too, with David Murray. It, it really is a different deal. Um, the, the scholarship set up because of the Title IX things that, you know, to kind of level the playing field for men and women in college sports, which goes back uh, 40 years. And it lowered the allowable scholarship uh what allotment that you're going to give out for college baseball lowered it to 11.7 which is the max and there are some schools that this is hard to say hard word to say but peculiarly (laughs) are able to get around it like vanderbilt but anyway there's oddly yeah oddly thanks roger um i just wanted to try you know when it's gravel though yeah i wanted i really wanted to try that's what it was. Yeah, um, some are able to get around it. But the fact still remains that, um, you know, football is king. And then across the board, across the country, basketball is next. And nothing's going to catch football anytime soon. At some point, it, it might down the road if, they, if football continues to have issues. Um, 
but still the fact remains the football's king. In, in baseball, while extremely popular, you know, it, it may not be as popular here as it is in other parts of the world, for that matter. And you just look at the major leagues and look at the World Baseball Classic that happens every four years, which is so much fun in the summer. Well, I take it back, not summer. It'd be spring, wouldn't it? Yeah. It happened in the spring a few years ago. It's really cool. You look at you know, Korean baseball and Japanese baseball, South American baseball, and Cuban, and it's just, you know, it's super-duper popular. And I guess worldwide soccer, and I say worldwide, just in, in parts of the world, soccer definitely the most uh, popular. But anyway, the point being that in America, there's a lot of things that uh, Major League Baseball has done to try to inject baseball as a common sport that kids grow up playing in you know inner city neighborhoods in the lower socioeconomic areas lower income areas uh, you i guess of all the demographics out there of you know college baseball players there are very few uh, in major college programs, very few African-American kids play in college baseball. You know, and we know good and well it's not because they're not capable. Um, so that's just one of the effects, I think, of the the low scholarship limits in college baseball. It's just, you know, one of the effects. And then the other thing that's kind of tied to that is you know you have you have so many players being recruited by college programs because they're good yes but also because academically they can come and apply and qualify right away for academic scholarship so that you pair that with the little bit of athletic scholarship they're getting you're splitting it up on your team and now you can get them into school and they don't have to pay anything out of their pocket or very little out of their pocket. Um, So there's a lot that goes into it. It is complicated. It is layered. But I think we all know, you know, where we're going on that. Whereas, you know, you look at, um, you look at the sport of football. Every college program in America, Division II, Division I AA, Division I, SEC, Power Five, all of them, they're giving out 85 scholarships a pop. Full scholarships. Tuition, room, board, books, everything. And so it's a much different deal. Much, much different deal. Hey, uh, the text line a bit ago, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this in, in, on the Divinity Equipment phone here. Then later I've got my man, Mark Beeson. He's the official scorer for the Mississippi Braves coming on. I hadn't talked to Mark in a while. One of my favorite fishing buddies of all time, Mark Beeson. And he loves baseball about as much, maybe more than I do. Anyway, uh, we had the story earlier about the fake meat. It's called Memphis Meats. Beware, Mississippians, beware. Memphis Meats is not from Memphis and it's not meat. They are harvesting cells of animals and growing meat in a Petri dish, putting it on a shelf, calling it Memphis Meats. And the title on purpose is disingenuous. 
It's okay to do what you do. You're growing meat, trying to, you don't want to kill animals, fine. Be, you be you. But then don't lie to me with the package. Anyway, on that. It's odd they went, well, it's odd they went with that, Memphis meat, and, it, and they don't even have a barbecue product. They just have burger just, and poultry, I think. Again, it's it's a title. It's naming it something that hopefully pulls the wool over some people's eyes. That's what it's all about. I don't even like greenhouse tomatoes, so I'm never going to try this. <laughs> yeah. Walt texted the show and said, Cow hair stem steaks makes processed hot dogs sound like fresh yellowfin tuna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had my questions about being a sausage for years. Yeah. They may have been growing those, and we just didn't know it. Uh, Fluffy Bottoms, he did warn me. He said if he ever texts anything with an asterisk, yeah, beware, don't read it. Um, but he says um, there's a huge scope of industries that would be devastated if the beef industry switched over to something like that. All right, uh, let's go quick because I, I'm, I don't want to run out of time here. Divinity Equipment phone, Marcus in Jackson. Hey, Marcus. Hey, how's it going? Great. Look, I was just kind of commenting on the uh, baseball topic as far as uh, one of the reasons why I think that there are not as many African-Americans now as it used to be is that baseball has become such a travel sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at some of the people I know, family members, they were literally traveling every weekend for, I would say, maybe a little under half the year. I'm not quite sure, maybe about half the year. And I mean, they're traveling all over the place. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, back in the day, you could just kind of get together, uh, maybe had a few local tournaments. Uh, now these guys are really hitting the road and going. And even someone like myself, I have three boys, and I'm, you know, kind of want to get them into baseball. But that would mean more than likely me and my wife having to go two separate directions every weekend mm-hmm. um, just to get them involved. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the biggest issues that, that baseball is facing now. Marcus, it definitely is. It definitely is. It's like, you know, I was talking with Jonathan there at Divinity Equipment um, yesterday for the remote, and he's got, they you know, they've got multiple children who play different sports, and he was talking about that. You know, a lot of weekends it's wife grabs one kid and splits off to a soccer st- tournament, and he grabs the other and splits off and goes to the baseball tournament, and there's a lot of travel involved. You're exactly right. It's not like it used to be where – we played city league stuff, but I'll tell you this, Marcus. Yeah. Um, you know the major league baseball. You look at major leagues. You know, full of guys from Venezuela and Dominican Republic, uh, Cuba, and those guys didn't grow up with a bat bag and their name on it, and a three hundred fifty dollar bat, and a uniform that looked like a pro uniform, riding around um, all over the country to play one hundred fifty games a year. But they got there. Hey, I got a split, Marcus. Good call. Please call me back again sometime. Uh, Trey, listening in Madison. Um, i tell you what, Trey. Music just started. I don't want to cut you short. If you can hang on, that would be great. I know I got Jeff on the line, too. And uh, we'll also we'll get to your calls if you can hang on, and then we'll jump over to Mark Beeson and talk Mississippi Braves baseball. Marcus, again, thank you for calling. Y'all stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, let's let's get straight into it, and then we'll get Mark Beeson on the phone. Trey hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone in Madison. What's up, Trey? Hey, Matt, I'll be brief. Uh, With the the scholarship discussion, would you support or be in favor of, uh, don't you think it would make more sense, to restrict the football scholarships from 85 to 75 and take those 10 and give them to baseball or something else? Uh, Seems like with football – it would make it much more competitive and more parity across the board. I think about NFL rosters only having, you know, 53-man roster. Yeah. Uh, I understand Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State may not support that, but I would think any other coaches, uh, that would be better for the game if they would support it. What would your thoughts be on that? Yeah, I'd support it. I sure would. They could make it fine if everybody had the same had the limit. Same. That's what I think, Trey. I'd support it fine. Take those 10, move them to another sport. <gasps> depth. Well, you're right. And, you know, the thing, you got a 53-man roster in the NFL, but it can be mid-season, a guy gets hurt, and they'll go out and hire somebody. You know, you can't hire anybody and bring them in, put them in a uniform mid-season in football. You got who, you know, you have who you have. And, sure, I'd be for it. They could figure it out. Ain't no doubt. They could figure it out. As long as everybody did it. But they won't. Jeff on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Jeff? Hey, man. How y'all doing? Great. Uh, one of the things I've heard in, uh, all kids nowadays is these video games. It's hard to get kids out of the house now. When I was coming up, we played basketball, football, and baseball. We we had to get out of the house to have fun. Now Nowadays, kids stay in the house is hard to... Get anything to do, uh, get them to do anything with their hands, yeah. with their feet and legs and arms. They they can work them hands though on those uh, video games. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That's that's part of the problem. Hey Jeff, one of my favorite comedians is a guy named Billy Gardell. He grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, tough dad. And he says he mm-hmm. remembers he come home from school and his dad put him on the front porch and locked the door. Wouldn't let him back in the house. He said, you know, five, like my house. he said five hours later, he'd knock on the door and said, hey, dad, let me in. I'm thirsty. And his dad would just yell, use the hose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds like my house. Yeah. It I was, was different. Yeah, it was different. No doubt. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Call me anytime. All I appreciate right. you hanging on. <clears throat> Jeff, you know, it's got a point. Look, more kids are specialized now than they used to. When we were kids, back in the old days, me and Jeff and, and my next guest, Mark, when we were kids, your your parents expected you to stay out. Don't come back in this house. I'll call you when supper's ready tonight. It could be 9 a.m. Go outside. I'll call you tonight for supper. <laughs> what about lunch? You'll figure it out. What if I get thirsty? Well, there's a water hose out there. It's just like uh, the coach down at uh, Louisiana Lafayette baseball said a few years ago. He's wanting to recruit kids who were drinking out of the water hose, not the ones whose mama was walking up to the fence and handing them a Gatorade. (laughs) 
All right, on the Divinity Equipment phone right now, my man Mark Beeson. He's the official scorer for the Mississippi Braves. What up, Mark? Good to hear you. It's, it's been too long since I heard your voice. It's been a while, Matt. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you again. You too. All right, so um, I mentioned this, I think, right before opening day for the M Braves, but about four or five of the Atlanta Braves' top prospects are right there, including, I think, their top pitching prospect. But you were telling me there's a couple others, like the center fielder there playing in Pearl. Yeah, if you look at it, in your top 30, uh, eight of the top 30 prospects are in Pearl right now. Uh, Ian Anderson uh, is, is third, and he's, he's a starting pitcher. But Christian Pache, uh, a center fielder, Drew Waters, who is playing right field but is a natural center fielder, uh, is number eight uh, on the prospect list. And so both of those guys are really, really special. Uh, and all the guys I just mentioned are 21 and younger. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about it, uh, Drew Waters is hitting 321 in the Southern League right now and would be a junior in college. Yeah. You know, he's just 20. He's an outstanding player. Yeah. And yeah, I guess – Austin Riley, he's in AAA, right? I guess he's in AAA. Correct. Kid from uh, DeSoto County. Um, Mark, the uh, the pitcher Ian is it is it Muller? Is that the last name? No, Ian. Yeah, you got Ian Anderson and Kyle Muller. Okay, uh, there's two different guys. Both of them are pitchers. Uh, Muller is the 13th overall prospect in the Braves top 30. Okay, have you gotten to see him pitch yet? Um, Muller pitches tonight. Anderson pitches last night. He's really good. Yeah. Um, Muller's a big guy, like six seven, big strong guy. Oh, really? Uh, and so I mean, they're uh, they've got a lot. I mean, there is a lot of talent and some hidden talent on one another guy, another pitcher named Patrick Weigel. Two years ago, he was a fast mover in the brace system. Set out last year with Tommy John. He's coming back this year. Has an electric arm. Uh, really, really talented. Good kid. Okay, and so uh, one of the top two Braves pitching prospects, Muller, is going to be on the mound tonight for the Mississippi Braves. Are they in town or are they out of town? They're in town. They're in Pearl tonight, uh, six thirty-five game time. Uh, You know, I tell people all the time. You you look at a guy like Ronald Acuna. You could came and watched him play for five bucks. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, and just and being right there on top of it. And I mean, he is one of the best talents in all of baseball right now. Uh, true five to a player, and like I said, for five bucks, yeah, uh, you can watch him play. Well, and pretty soon your center fielder there, Patch A, he's going to be in Atlanta right alongside Acuna Jr. I don't know oh, he will. when, I, but it won't be long. He will. And, no, he will, and the Waters kid will too. I mean, uh, Pache is a special defend, defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the mold of Andrew Jones type, he's an elite defender. His bat is really starting to come along. Uh, he's maturing physically. You'll see him in Atlanta. I expect him to be a high-end talent. And Drew Waters is the same way. Uh, Waters is a switch hitter. Uh, kid out of Georgia. Plays the game hard. Little chip on the shoulder type of guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and he's a natural center fielder too. So when all three get there, you're going to have Acuna, Waters, and Pache. That's three center fielders in the outfield. Mark, have you caught any fish lately? <laughs> if I go, I catch fish, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that for myself. <laughs> if I go, I catch him right in the mouth. Right in the mouth. I hear you. With something 
some type of bait that is green pumpkin color. The green pumpkin lizard. Uh, you can, hey, it is universal. Any, co- any color water, any temperature, any situation, it's all you need. I got a sack full of green pumpkin lizards when I go fishing. <laughs> Chunk, uh, chunk and bump, that's all I got to say. <laughs> chunk it out there and bump it a little bit. Nobody. Hey, you just named our fishing podcast that you and I are going to host. It's going to be called Chunk and Bump. <laughs> There you go. Uh, we'll have to. You'll have to. You have to do a, a show on the water. We'll go run some catfish lines. Hey man, and do some chunkies bumping. Hey man. All right, Mark. Uh, a lot of folks will be out there and see you at the ballpark. Whether it's an error or a single, it'll be up to you. The official score for the Mississippi Braves. Talk to you, man. All right. See you, man. Mark Beeson, my buddy. He really does catch fish just about every time he goes. You know, as I said, just about. The other thing about Mark is he's got, like, world champion squirrel dogs. Sure does. And and he, the best thing he does, he's a, he's a big-time barbecuer, rib cooker. The man has taken his grill, literally, and has cooked ribs for the Cincinnati Reds. He's something else now. Mark, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I want to remind you, again, here with a couple minutes, Joey, get in here. I'm coming to you. Divini Equipment, 1023 Divini Drive in Raymond. Divini Equipment, right there, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. Today is the Friday version at Divini Jackson of the Kubota Field event, big-time deals, go in there, register for that 850 Sidekick ATV. You register for it. It could be yours. They could give it to you. And when you walk in, tell them I sent you. I'm Matt. The Matt Wyatt Show. Tell them I sent you. You're going to get a free door prize when you walk in. Tell them I sent you. At Divinity today, the Kubota Field event, 1023 Divinity Drive in Raymond, Mississippi. Joey on the Divinity phone. What's up, Joey? This this subject of travel ball has been on my heart for a long time. Your your caller before was right. I know we got some kids playing video games, but I know this: the field that Brian Cole played on, Matt, mm-hmm. the greatest player yep. you never saw. Right. Okay. If you remember the story of that kid. I do. Um, Gerard McCall played on that field. In fact, they were there together. Yes, that was fun to watch. I bet. You know what? Crestview Park is is closed today. No one's there. Hmm. And it's because at that time, when you had a bunch of travel ball and you had a good mix of kids, and I tell you what, we, we... you know, we got a Dixie Youth World Series team that came from that side of town. All kind of exciting stuff, Matt. And it was always a good mix of kids. And we traditionally won against the other side of town that was predominantly white. Yeah. So I hate it for the African-American community. There's just too much dead-gum travel ball. And I wish we cut about 80% of it out too many doctors getting rich off the surgery because your kids are throwing 100 pitches a weekend. Hey, Joey, 
Appreciate the call, man. We got a split. Have a great weekend. See y'all on Monday. See ya.